I want you to remember back when you were in elementary school. And how many of you received a Gideon's New Testament in elementary school? I asked that question at the 8.30 service where just about everybody that comes is 50 plus and almost every hand went up. I ask at the 9.30 service uh, where it's a very mixed group age-wise and only about a third of the hands went up. And here we were close to a half. Uh, we all know that our country has changed in terms of the accessibility of the schools to people like the Gideons who want to share God's word. But this morning we want you to know that the work of the Gideons remains and remains strong. And we are blessed to have Steve Scott and his wife Sue with us this morning. And Steve is going to share with you the work that Christ is doing through the Gideons. Thank you, Pastor, for having me. And thank you for being here. And uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I am here to represent the Gideons International. I know it's been several years since you've had a Gideon speaker before. But uh, I'm not here to praise the Gideons. I'm not here to give glory to the Gideons. I'm here to give glory to Jesus Christ. To praise him, the God of our creation came down, died on the cross for my sins, for your sins. He did it willingly. I, uh, I heard uh, a message where it says that God, Jesus was the only one who uh, died um, by choice. Um, now you said, well, everyone dies by choice. No, Someone, some people may choose when to die, but everyone dies. Jesus is the only one who didn't have to die, but did for us. And the Gideon ministry then was raised up to help this church and all churches to fulfill the Great Commission, to go out in all the world. I know you support missionaries, but when you support the Gideons, you're supporting missionaries in 200 countries. Those Gideons in those countries, those auxiliary members in those countries live there. They know their language. They don't have to have a visa. They don't have to have a passport. They live there. They just need the, the, the funds and the scriptures to pass out. And we know it works because people tell us. And we're not, I mean, that's not, our goal is to pass out scriptures. Our goal is that people might come to know Jesus Christ as a personal savior. Because as, as a Christian tells another Christian, I mean, as a Christian tells an unbeliever or as a missionary tells an unbeliever, when an unbeliever reads the word of God, the Holy Spirit shows up. And he will convict that person of, of their sin and appoint them to Jesus Christ. So that's why we do it. We get scriptures in hands of, of school children. He mentioned that we, don't, we aren't able to do that in the United States anymore. But we are able to do that in most countries. That, matter of fact, that's most of the scriptures we pass out is in the schools. We pass out in colleges. pass out in military, in Prisons. There's an open door around the world. As many as 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 some doors are closed, some doors open. But we do we know that it's working because people are being saved. And we have a testimony right now I'd like to share with you about a person who received a military testament. I can give you show you many 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 testimonies just like this of people who come to know Christ because of of a copy of God's word was placed in their hands. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within. I was sinking to rise no more. But the Master, 
of the sea, heard this old sinner's cry, and from sin's waters lifted me, now safe, safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me, God's love lifted me. That's my testimony in part due to the Gideon ministry. In May of 1968, I had just been processed through Fort Dix, New Jersey, and put on the cattle car and carried over to McGuire Air Force Base to board a flying tiger bound for the Republic of Vietnam. And as I was loading that plane that morning, uh, there were two men out there, and they were handing out Bibles. Now, I claimed to be an atheist, that I didn't believe in God. Uh, and uh, they asked me, though, would I like to have one of these little New Testaments? And I took that thing because I was hoping if I carried it in my pocket in Vietnam, it would protect me from the big bullet if it ever hit me in my heart. And so I took that Bible and got on the airplane, a flying tiger bound for the Republic of Vietnam. And this Georgia boy went on the wildest plane ride he'd ever been on in his life. Somewhere between Japan and uh, the Republic of Vietnam, we skirted around the backside of a great storm. And and that plane would just shoot up in the air, felt like thousands of feet, and then drop just as much. And you could feel the wings as if they were hitting solid ground out there as they buckled. I pulled out that little Bible, and I looked at it. And I said, you know, I don't know how you work, but if you could help me, I would appreciate it. <laughs> And do you know it just calmed down up there? It was like we slid in on glass to Benoit. Benoit. And as we were coming in, uh, there was a mortar attack. And we came in, lights out, and the doors flew open. They said, run for the bunker, and they were leading us there. And I was hanging on to that little Bible, asking it to help me. Later that night, I ended up at the Republic of, uh, or rather the Long Bend, uh, 90th Replacement Battalion in Vietnam. And uh, the first sergeant was telling us all the important places. And he said, now, if there's a mortar attack, uh, you'll assemble in this bunker over here. And I was just a 19-year-old kid, and I remember asking him, First Sergeant, how will I know if there's a mortar attack? And he took the cigar out of his mouth, and he spit on the ground, said some things I couldn't tell you tonight. And he said, Son, when the buildings start blowing up around you, it's a good indication it's a mortar attack. <laughs> I held on to that little New Testament. I carried it with me everywhere I went. I never walked point. I was never on mission that I didn't have that Bible in my pocket, but I never read it. I went back home, picked up my wife, uh, went to uh, Fort Gordon, Georgia, where I was to serve as a drill sergeant. I was only there for a short time, and I ended up back in the Republic of Vietnam, and I still have that little Bible with me. I remember... I really came to the place that I didn't think I was going to get back home. And I wrote my wife and I said, Honey, if there is a God, I don't know him. And if there is a hell, I'll surely go there. I asked people to pray for me and they did. They were and they continued to pray for me more earnestly. And I took out that little New Testament that I had never read. And I remember Brother Trotter, a Gideon, told me that paper is patient. That little New Testament had been waiting on me for almost two years. And I opened it up. I, I had a cousin named Matthew. I didn't like him. So I skipped over the Gospel of Matthew and over uh, Mark, Luke, and John. And I ended up in the Gospel of John. And the very first verse just reached out and grabbed me. It said, in the beginning uh, was the Word. 
and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I read on a little bit more, and it said, This Word was also the light that lighteth up every man that cometh into the world. And I read on a little bit more, and this Word that was the light was manifested, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father. I read on a little bit more, and found John the Baptist, who said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Read on a little bit more, and I found in chapter 3, a fellow by the name of Nicodemus. When I got to seminary, I realized his name was Nicodemus, but he carried me up a hill called Calvary. And at John 3, 16, I realized that God had died for me on the cross of Calvary. I'd like to tell you I became a Christian then, but I didn't. But I went back home under Holy Ghost conviction. The God of that Bible had walked off the pages and got into my heart. And when I got backstage side, I said, God, if you'll just show me a real live Christian, I'll believe. And I said, God, not another Baptist. Show me a real live Christian and I'll believe. <laughs> and my wife, who had grown up in the Baptist church, a, God, a good woman, uh, gave her heart to Jesus. And there in my home, in the kitchen, in the living room, in the bedroom, I saw the grace of God in a person's life. Gave my heart to Jesus too. And just a short time later, God called us into the ministry and we went to college and seminary. And shortly thereafter, God allowed me to go back into the military as a chaplain. And that's when I really discovered you Gideons and the wonderful ministry that you have. Thank you so much for giving us the Bibles that we needed in the military to put in the hand of every one of those young men and women coming into the United States Army. Uh, my first assignment was a basic training environment, and I remember I challenged all these young people to read the Gospel of John, and we'd get together and talk about it. And shortly thereafter, a young man came up to me, and he said, Chaplain, I'm from Defudiac Springs, Florida, and I walked down the aisle, but I really didn't trust God. I didn't believe there was a God. I just did it to please my mom and dad. Uh, but he said, since I've gotten here to basic training and met the drill sergeant, he convinced me there is a devil, so I know there must be a God. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, he, he had prayed that prayer and uh, gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, may I tell you that I had the privilege to talk to witches and Wiccans and warlocks and shamans and atheists and Satanists and Buddhists and Muslims and talk to them about the living Lord Jesus Christ. And first of all, I asked them to read from that little New Testament they had, the Gospel of John. And I'm glad to tell you I saw many of them fall down on their knees and make Jesus Christ the Lord and master of their heart. I remember a witch who said to me, she said, can you tell me where a big tree is? And I said, yes, I can. And I carried her to John 3, 16 and walked her up that hill called Calvary. And I said, there's a big tree on which God died for you. And that witch fell on her knees and gave her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God is powerful. Amen. I had a first sergeant who came up to me and he said, Chaplain, listen, keep that Bible away from me. Uh, you can give it to my soldiers, but keep that Bible away from me. And I said, First Sergeant, have you ever read the Word of God? And he said, No. I said, First Sergeant, I double dog dare you to read the Gospel of John. He took it. Two weeks later, he called me. He said, Stay in your office. He came in, fell down on his knees in front of my desk, and he held up that little New Testament. He was a big man, and his hand was trembling like it weighed 10,000 pounds. And he said, 
chaplain, I want the Jesus of this book to be the Jesus of my life. And there on his knees gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I want you to hear this. I know that he was saved because on his knees he pulled out his checkbook and he said, my mama said, if you're really saved, you'll give a tithe to God. I said, hey man, there's a man that's really been transformed by the power of God. And he wrote out a check and he made it out to God. <laughs> Amen. That afternoon he asked me to be in the company area and I was there. And we had a formation after retreat, 200 young men and women. He put them at parade rest, told them to pull off their BDU cover. And he said, now Chaplain Sweat's gonna come and all of you are gonna give your heart to Jesus. <laughs> I said, First Sergeant, I like the way you work, I do. But we can't do that. But I went to the day room and we had about 25 to 30 that afternoon give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. They've been reading that little New Testament that you helped provide. And the Word of God had quickened in their hearts and they came to know Christ as Savior. A young man was there, gave his heart to Christ, and he went back home to get married, and then he was bound uh, for Desert Storm. Uh, he went home after giving his heart to Christ, he had that little New Testament that you folks helped provide. He went home, got married, and about a month later, his mother called me. And she said, are, are you Chaplain Sweat so-and-so with this unit? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, do you remember Private so-and-so? And I said, yes, ma'am, I do. She said, did he really get saved? I said, yes, ma'am, he really gave his heart to Jesus. She said, my son was killed, he and his wife, on their honeymoon night. And the only thing I have is this little New Testament in which he wrote in it that he received Christ as Savior. And he had your name down there. And she said, I've got his little New Testament and I've been reading it. She said, Chaplain, do you think, do you think I could get saved? I said, yes, ma'am, I believe you could. And over thousands of miles with that little testament that left Fort McClellan, Alabama and ended up in Denver, Colorado, she went through the scriptures and I went with them, with them, uh, through them together and she gave her heart to the Lord Jesus. Wow, the power of the word of God. Gideons, listen, don't give in. Don't give out. Don't give up. God bless you. Keep going for the Lord Jesus Christ. There are more who need the Word of God and who need to be saved. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Again, that happens over and over again. And the thing is, you know, it's not just a person who becomes a Christian here and a person receives Christ here and another person becomes a Christian here, which does happen. No, no, but this person becomes a Christian and becomes a pastor. This person becomes a missionary. This person by himself leads or she leads several people to Christ. It, it multiplies. God's words will not, word will not return void. Now he mentioned about Vietnam. You know, we lost Vietnam. We lost Cuba. We lost Cambodia. But we're back in those countries now. Sometimes doors will be closed. Sometimes doors will be open. And we're in countries like, uh, you know, Turkey, uh, like uh, Egypt. We're in Muslim countries. We're in, we're in Israel even. So God's word is still working. Now, pastors allowed me to ask for an offering today. And I said, you have those, those uh, envelopes, and in there there's a packet. Uh, it's got an address on it. Uh, he'd like for you to put the, a check or money in, in those envelopes and turn that in to the offering. 
Uh, those do have addresses on it, so you can take those home and maybe write a check later. Maybe you'd like to give a little bit more, maybe you weren't come prepared, and you'd like to give a little bit more, you might put that in the mail. Um, maybe you don't remember this or not from the last time you had a speaker, but 100% of all you give goes to the Gideon. I mean, I'm sorry. All the 100% of what you give buys Bibles. Doesn't go to the Gideons. Gideons don't need the money. The printers need the money to print those Bibles. But all the money you give will go to purchase Bibles, which means you are impacting someone's life somewhere. It's not like you're just buying a Bible that's going to sit on the shelf. You're buying a testament which goes with someone's hands, which could be lead to someone's salvation. We never know. God, again, God is the one who provides the increase. Um, but I do know this, that uh, it's not exactly this percentage, but 80% of all scriptures we pass out today goes to countries other than the United States. But almost 80% of the money that we receive to purchase those scriptures comes from the United States. That's because we have the money. Countries in Africa, countries in Asia, countries South America, some of them don't have that money. There's about 20 countries that are self-supporting, that they can get the funds that they need to supply their own scriptures. The rest of the countries need help. That's why we come to Christians. We go to churches. We don't go to the world for funds. We go to the Christians to help this ministry. There is also in, in, that, in that envelope, there is a place for a credit card. You might want to do a credit card. And there's also a place that you can do it monthly. Think about this. If you give $25 monthly through your credit card, you're just taking out of your credit card monthly without, you'll never know it's gone. You'll never know. But $25 a month will purchase 20 testaments. That means every month for a whole year, just you can count that up, how many people you're impacting for the cause of Christ just for a $25 donation. It works, people. It works. Thank you for having us. Um, thank you for supporting this ministry. We do pray that if you can qualify to become a Gideon, we sure like to talk to you about it. We have, I have envelopes. If you are born-again Christian, member of a church, member of this church, um, businessman or professional man, that means you could be a farmer, you could be many things you could qualify. We'd sure, I'd sure like to talk to you. Um, we also have a new program called the Friends of Gideons. You don't have to have you don't have to have any qualification. You can be a pastor. You can be a missionary and be a friend of Gideon's. And you can help uh, through financial or prayer. This ministry needs help. I was telling the pastor, you know, that we are losing membership in this country. Not meaning that people are leaving the ministry. No, it's just that people aren't joining. As you've seen, most Gideon's are, has some age to them. And we die off. If we don't replace them, pretty soon... You know what happens. Around the world, getting ministry is going up. But in this country, it's going down. So we need, if you're a born-again Christian and have the love for the Lord, we'd sure like to have you. Pray for this ministry. Again, thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate uh, you and Sue coming to be with us today. Uh, I, I did like the way you put that. He said, uh, perhaps you don't have any qualifications. You could be a pastor. I, I, 
And you could be Mike Moon for crying out loud. Uh, that, I don't know if we go that far. I don't know. Uh, but we are so grateful that you came. Um, so I think a lot of people lose sight of, of what the Gideons do. Uh, you see that, you know, Bible in the hotel room and you kind of think, well, that's, that's the extent of it. And to share with us just how far reaching uh, Gideon ministry is and what a difference we can make. Um, I did the math. If you give $25 a month, that gives 20 Bibles a month. That's 240 Bibles a year. That's 240 people impacted by the Word of God by simply giving a relatively small gift. So I hope you can help um, and, and be a part of sharing in this ministry. So let us pray. God, I am so grateful uh, that you sent Steve and Sue to be with us, that they could share their heart for you, that they could share uh, their love for you and the work that they are doing through the Gideons. Father, we thank you for these godly men and women who honor your word and who have dedicated uh, a lot of time and commitment to the spreading of the good news of Jesus Christ. We pray that you bless them, that you bless those who receive those Bibles, that they may come to know that Jesus Christ is Lord. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. There may be someone here this morning who is ready to do the very thing that uh, Chaplain Sweat talked about in his video. You're ready to say, I, I believe in Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior. Every week we take a few moments in our worship to pause, to offer an invitation. And if you're ready to give your heart to Christ, it would be my, my joy to receive you, to pray with you, to lead you in a simple confession of faith, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let's stand together. We're going to sing hymn number 266, verses 1 and 2. And if you're ready to receive Christ, he is ready to receive you.
sun.